So I'm guessing that there's probably some weekends where maybe on a Saturday night you're doing a wedding, you know, playing Michael Jackson, and then Sunday morning you're playing, you know, This I Believe. and. Yep. Yep. That's fun. That's pretty much, <laughs> that's pretty much the vibe. What's up, community? This is Jansen. And Derek. And today's podcast episode, we are going to be featuring Mr. David Andrew from Hillsong. David uh, is such a lighthearted guy, super funny, loves to just joke. Uh, He's Australian, which is extra awesome. Love his accent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he has just a wealth of knowledge about uh, keyboard sounds, creating patches and presets. We'll talk about that stuff here in a little while, but we want to just kind of get to know uh, David a little bit and uh, to see, you know, how he's doing and what his passions are, what he loves, and just kind of get a little more insight as to, you know, what his world even looks like and how touring and all that stuff is going. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right into uh, this episode featuring David Andrew. David, thanks so much for joining us on the Loop Community Podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. We're so glad to have you with us. You are a very, very influential um, musician in the worship sound world and in the in the worship music world. And I know a lot of our um, community members are just so pumped to be able to hear just kind of more from your heart about what it's like to you know, be playing with Hillsong and to be making sounds. And I'm sure you've got so many other different avenues of music you're, you're doing as well. So I would love to um, just hear about those. And maybe to kick us off, can you just let us know where you're from, how you even got started playing music? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so I'm uh, originally from a, like a small mining community in northwest Queensland called Mount Isa. Uh, Queensland is a state in Australia as you do and um no so started playing with a small you know in a church team there and um in 2004 moved to sydney and started uh attending hillsong college and then um how old were you when you did that yeah i was uh 18 okay around 18 yeah so you started playing when how old were you when you started playing music ah when i was playing music i would have been Jeez, maybe 12 when I started playing in the church team. Wow. Okay, <laughs> so you've been in church really your whole life. Yeah, my whole life, which is really cool. And yeah, um, it is. You've probably seen it change a lot, and definitely the styles of music change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I remember when we did um, all the Daggy Hillsong songs. <laughs> Daggy? What does that even mean? Uh, Daggy's like, um, it's a bit uncool, okay. and it's been... Right. You know, time doesn't look favorably upon it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, worthy of the, worthy as lamb definitely does not fall in that category. Ex- exactly. Man, well, that's <laughs> awesome. So you've been in it for so long. 
And yeah. has it, have you, um, is there any other type of music you play or is it mainly like worship music? I've tried to keep myself quite um, eclectic as a musician. So, you know, I do church stuff, but then I also play as a professional musician um, in the studio, which means you're across a bunch of genres. Um, and then I also have like a live trio band of my own, which we kind of take pop tunes and uh, rearrange them so they're a bit more dancey and a bit more, um, just, a, just a bit more intelligent than just four chords. Yeah. So, um, no, I, I mean, I try and, and keep myself as, you know, get across a bunch of different genres and, and a bunch of different styles and uh, just a bunch of different disciplines as a musician. Because, I, I mean, I think that's honoring the gift that we have is right. trying to, you know, be as good as we can in as many different creative ways. Definitely. Is there a, is there a place we can actually hear uh, the ways that you've kind of changed some of these pop tunes? Uh, yeah, there's there's some stuff on um, oh, there's some stuff on YouTube. <laughs> there's, okay. if you, so my my trio is called um, the David Andrew Trio, which um, serves my ego quite well. Um, That's pretty <clears> awesome. <throat> it's like the John Mayer Trio. Yeah, a little bit like that, except you know, not as awesome, not as awesome as the King John Mayer. Um, have you heard his new album? Uh, the Search for Everything. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Oh my it. gosh, it's like a return to form. I know. I. I'm I'm digging it. I've probably listened to it ten times. Yeah, it's so amazing. I'm, I'm really really happy that he's released that album. Still feel like your man. Such a oh, good feel. Just pocket for days. And if you you have to kind of just like sit and like really like close your eyes and listen to everything that's going on, like the bass lines that are in that yep. song. That's a that's a heavy bass line. Right. Oh my gosh. That's a yeah. That's a hard one to like. It's an easy one to kind of like lug or it's an easy one to kind of play badly mm-hmm. but to play well it's a hard tune right i yeah. originally thought i originally thought that he was going to be releasing four songs every month for the whole year so i was like oh man this is gonna be amazing we're gonna get like 48 new john mayer songs yeah that's what i thought too what happened there i don't know and then all of a sudden he's like oh the whole album's out I don't know. Maybe yeah. he, maybe he got tired. Maybe it was hard doing four every month. <laughs> maybe it was just hard, you know. Right. Doing that for a living full time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you play any wedding gigs? I play so many wedding gigs. <laughs> What's like the so, main wedding song in Australia? Uh oh, jeez. I think I think thinking out loud is still kind of the the king of wedding songs. Yeah. Man, That's- he uh, just he knocked it out of the park with that one. I know. And then do you still do like, I got a feeling. I feel like everybody's doing that. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> As the party advances a little longer, you jump oh, into, I got man. a feeling. and oh, It's all on. That's it's fun, though. Michael Jackson, some Luther Vandross. Yep. Yeah, it's it's all happening. It's fun that you're getting to do like, you know, two totally different genres of music. <laughs> so I'm guessing that there's probably some weekends where maybe on a Saturday night you're doing a wedding, you know, playing Michael Jackson, and then Sunday morning you're playing... You know, this I believe and Yep. Yep. That's fun. That's pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much the vibe. Yeah. So do you guys uh, with your with your trio, do you guys use tracks at all? No, we don't we don't use tracks. Um we've toyed with the idea of doing that. But um I kinda run so two keyboards so the sound fills out really well. So rather than doing tracks, we, I, you know, I kinda stack the keys and it sounds like a full 
right. kind of synthy because everything is you know everything on the radio at the moment is like just synthy guitars are, are kind of quiet I think guitars are going to make their way back mm-hmm. I think guitars are going to come in I think you know every time you get a Republican president you're going to get a, a, a resurgence <laughs> of guitars oh man that's good it is really interesting it's also interesting kind of hearing it from a guy at Hillsong because I mean I don't know if you see this I'm, I, I would guess you know this but you know, it seems kind of like the whole, everybody in the, in the worship world kind of just follows what Hillsong does next. And so I don't know if maybe like you're kind of hinting that maybe like, is that what you guys are doing over there in, in the future here? Cause you're, uh, you're like what, 18 hours ahead of us. So is in the future, are you guys <laughs> playing guitars, solos more than keyboard stuff? Uh, look, uh, there's, a, there's a really comfortable balance, yeah. I think. Yeah within our team and I think it's just the song I think what happens with the song guides what happens so we've never really gone alright guys it's now guitar territory alright mm. right, guys it's going to be the synth it's going to be the piano so it's kind of our writing will determine kind of the style of what happens and also like we're starting to get some really cool gear because Australia is so isolated right mm. we don't have a sea of like really cool um, gear or really, you know, the analog synths and stuff like that, that you can kind of find a lot more easier in places like the States or in Europe. So now kind of getting out there a bit more, being a bit more global and starting to just along the way, pick up really cool pieces of gear. Um, that starts to influence the sounds of the record. You know, the stuff that we get to play with influences the sound of the record. So it's not, we don't, it's not like we've gone out there and we've you know, been real strategic about this is the sound of the record. Right. I think, you know, the songs come and I think the gear that we get, that we start to play with, that we really enjoy, starts to shape what we do. It's a lot more organic than strategic. Right, right. So as, as far as like getting guitars back to their um, shred status again, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> I feel like Nigel would love that. Right. Not there yet, though. <laughs> so what's... Well, depends who you ask. <laughs> yeah. So what, what does your involvement with Hillsong look like? Um, so I... Uh, I think the best way you can describe what I do is I'm uh, a volunteer. So I um, used to be on staff as uh, working in the college as a trainer. Um, left that to pursue being a, a you know full time creative professional, a full time musician, and and wanted to do more producing and wanted to do more writing and all that kind of stuff. So I left staff at church, but kind of started serving more and more. Um, with our creative team and had, you know, the chance to, to contribute more. So I'd been playing on albums since, ah, uh, geez, 2006. I've been on the Hillsong Live slash, slash Hillsong Worship uh, live albums since 2006. But week in, week out, I mean, that looks like I get the chance to um, play with our, our teams at home, play on a Sunday, um, quite often get the chance to music direct, um, So which means that you're you're responsible for everything that goes on from the moment that people walk in the door until the moment that you hand it over to the preacher. Wow. So, you know, I, I like to think of it as something falls down, if something goes wrong <laughs> in the entire service, yeah. or you hand it to the preacher, um, that's your fault. That's that's on you. Right. And so the role of a music director is quite frighteningly large. And yeah. we have an amazing team. We work with, um, you know, service producers and we work with, um, you know, people across a whole bunch of disciplines with TV and lighting and sound and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of the time, a lot of the focus of how to achieve 
those things relies and rests on the music director chatting to the to the worship leader and service pastors and you know also uh, we've got this role of a creative producer as well so working in tandem with them to um you know just make sure that <laughs> everything is mm-hmm. done in a way which continues to point people towards Jesus and right off of our human our humanness on the stage right that's cool yeah that's yeah, yeah man yeah. that's good yeah so that's kind of what we do and and you know part of the greatest team on the planet with some of the best people and, and Cass and Rich Langton are just like some of the coolest leaders that you'll ever find so um have the honor to to serve under them week in week out which is pretty amazing man it must be it must be awesome i mean what you guys are doing is so like it's impacting so many churches i've never actually been to hillsong in um australia i've been to hillsong in in london and new york city oh rad but um man i just i'm such a huge fan of what you guys are doing and what is what does the songwriting culture look like or what does songwriting look like for you (laughs) is it like a set kind of like hey we write songs on tuesday or is it just maybe you come up with something and then you pass it on to someone else in the church or no it's really funny i had a chat with um ruben uh maybe four five years ago uh it's ruben morgan uh just in case right know who that ruben character was um and uh it was like i was so proud i'm like hey uh you know rubes i've you know i'm really focusing on my songwriting and i'm really you know trying to trying to work on my craft and you know so i'm i'm you know, every Friday I've got like three hours that I get to write and that's what I get to do. And then I'm, you know, I'm so, I'm so pumped about it. And he kind of just gave me this, like, he looked at me a little bit like, uh, like you only write one day a week. <laughs> it's like, Oh, Oh, right. Um, it's like, you should be writing every day. You should be writing like five, 10 minutes every single day. Like one day a week isn't going to cut it for you. And if you don't have the time, just be writing like a small amount every single day. And so as far as like, you know, that's kind of the culture of the, the, the skill and the, the discipline of songwriting is, um, you know, there's a really high expectation. And to be honest, like we're a part of, we're a part of Hillsong Church, which is this song's like hub for the church. Right. Which can at times be a little bit daunting. You're like, oh yeah, it's you've got a lot of pressure. And you've got Crocker and you've got Fielding and you've got Brooke and you got – there's such a high concentration of like insanely good mm. writers. <laughs> yeah, right. You're just like, please rub off on me, please. please. Yeah, please rub off on me. And then like – and also like, oh my gosh, everything that I write doesn't sound anything like what Ruben does. And and, and, and it's, right. you kind of do the game of like, yeah. oh, this is, not, this is not great. But I think um, – you know, I think that we have such a um, a mandate on our church to be bringing the new song and bringing all that kind of, you know, serving the church globally. Uh, that's part of it, kind of our DNA. Um, so it's it's not just Ruben's responsibility; um, it's everyone's responsibility to to bring, you know, to keep our craft sharp. Because I think the thing is, like, a, a good song's going to rise. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so I'm. I'm confident that you can be a part of our church team um, and be a writer and be a part of who we are. And I think that, you know, the songs really have a way of coming out of the life of our church and the experience of our church and um, who we are as, as a group of people. The songs tend to be written out of that, I don't know, I mean, I guess we call it a heartbeat, out of this 
kind of the DNA and the imprint of our church and, the, and our team and our culture. And so songs that carry that um, of who we are and what God is doing among our team, uh, and if they're good songs, they're just going to rise to the top. Right. So, um, yeah, so we, we have a, a system in place and we've got a lot of writers. We've got, you know, space on, on our campus for, you know, people to write and especially people who are kind of connected with us cool spaces and our, and our publishing team and um, Hillsong Music and, and Shout are really doing great things to you know foster the artists and foster the the writers and the creatives who are gifted in music and ha- have a heart to write and so really trying to provide opportunities and platforms and, and spaces for people to do that so mm. it really yeah, is in your guys' DNA it just seems like it's just what you yeah. do write yeah, songs for the church yeah yeah, and you know we're not perfect, but we're all you know just trying to, as best as we can, just trying to bring what we have to God. Looptimus is the best USB MIDI foot controller for live performance, designed for musicians who want hands-free control of their music software and hardware. Looptimus is plug-and-play and works seamlessly with Ableton Live, Mainstage, Logic, or any other MIDI-capable application. Send MIDI notes to control music software, or send program changes to select presets on guitar pedals and keyboards. Looptimus is the ultimate foot controller for live performance. Now available at looptimus.com. For you, because I know it's probably different for every person, what hits you first? Is it melody? Is it lyrics? Uh, it's, it's a really hard one because you don't want to box. You know, anything can happen. How do you write a song? Well, geez, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I saw a painting or something. Right. But um, give me the three steps. Is, yeah, exactly. There is. I think that's the danger. Is like, so how do you do it? It's like, well, no, no, that's not. There are no three steps. That has to be the first step. There are no three steps. Um, and then step two is like, well, maybe sit down at a piano or. But um, so for me, it's been uh, a process of like, I think I'll sit down at a piano. And I'll kind of write chords or play chords and write melodies um, and mumble kind of nonsense lyrics all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they'll all come together. Sometimes they'll all, you'll kind of get the fragment of lyric and then you sit down. And But I often find that I sit down at a piano and I kind of I start to play a chord progression and melodies and lyrics start to flow out. Yeah. But I, but I find that like those ideas are very cheap and easy to have. Right. I think it's very easy to sit down at the piano and to like, you know, I could, I could sit down at the piano and in the next 10 minutes write three songs, three like verse, chorus, bridge, melody and lyric fragments. Right. But the hard part is then going like, all right, let's yeah. now develop this into some coherent, some poetic, uh, you know, melodic sense. That's how it is for me too. Yeah. I, have, I have the harder part on the lyrics, but I could I could sit down and come up with melodies and music all day. Yeah, um, totally. That part's actually, easy. Yeah, totally. And then gluing yeah. it together though with a theme and, and lyrics is a little bit more challenging. And that's really where the you know the obviously for worship that's pretty important. <laughs> the depth you know of the song. And yeah, the theme. Yeah, the, gets, the theology is is pretty you know. Right. It's pretty, it's pretty important. Pretty I important, I would say. <laughs> Steering away from a heresy yeah. is probably a good thing, I guess. Right. So <laughs> let's just change gears to a little bit more nerdy side. So when you're producing your sure. own music, what do you what do you use? Like what do you use to actually produce and, and make music? 
Oh, that's, yeah, good question. I um, I'm constantly trying out new things. Uh, at the moment, I I'm a little bit late to the bandwagon, but I'm learning Ableton as a way of producing music, not just as a way of like firing tracks and stuff like that. So learning how to produce from Ableton. Um, geez, what else? Well, what was uh, what was the one you used before you started using Ableton? Well, oh. I mean, I still I'm on I'm on Logic. I still use Logic. Logic. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, I enjoy Pro Tools, but I as far as being a musician, kind of getting right into the to to the meat of what I want to do, I love Logic because it's just so yeah intuitive and ready to go. And then I also know the process a lot better. Yeah. Um, but I've been using there's a website called Splice, which uh, you sign up for, and rather than having you know hard drives and hard drives of samples. Um, Splice is a subscription service where you basically type in kind of what you're looking for or, you know, but then it's also got, you can search by genre or you can search by tempo if it's a loop based kind of a thing or yeah, it's, it's, or the key of the song It's pretty incredible. Like it's this cataloged website with, um, you know, thousands upon thousands of samples that you can just go, Oh, that's what I want. I want to grab that. Um, and then I pull a lot of that into my session. Plus then you find new cool sounds really quickly which in a like in a pop market that's kind of your right that's your bread right yeah interesting we'll have to check that out yeah and then when you're running tracks live are you using ableton live yeah tracks live we um you know is ableton um just a really solid platform yeah especially for the fact that we you know at church we are um constantly manipulating our tracks constantly going oh why don't we try that oh why don't we you know finish over here uh let's change the key changing the key is like a constant thing right or or for us we start to do we start to do arrangements that are different so like oh this one has the three three bridges but this one only has the two and this one has the right. this one's the two arrangement or so they start to become, rather than like doing the um the ableton dance and jumping around they start to become yeah full tracks by themselves I feel like it'd be hard to remember all that. Like which, which, wait, are we doing the tour arrangement or the church arrangement or the? <laughs> oh, it's the story of my life. Oh, my man. favorite is, are we doing the remix or the acoustic remix or the, oh, gosh. Or the remix, remix or the reimagined remix or, 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 or the classic? Which one are we doing now? Yeah. Panic, panicked questions that the MD asks. Oh yeah. <laughs> are we doing the United version of Oceans or the Hillsong Worship version of Oceans? Yeah. And then, and then I think also you, the extra layer is like different worship leaders will have, you know, their preferred way of doing things. So if it's like the yeah. United guys, then they'll probably want the United to a version. But if it's yeah. like the worship guys and they'll probably want the worship, like, you know, the worship to a version. And so it's like, yeah. ah, I'm trying to hold the ship together. Oh man. Have you guys used, have you used the Looptimus controller with Ableton? Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. I've used it for a while now, and um, it's been a lifesaver. Yeah, it's good, especially if you're using just, arrangement view and you can, you know, assign every one of those buttons to a different section of a song. To a different section, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's we've used that um, uh, at church and also out, you know, doing things with um, you know, and national conferences and stuff like that. Being able to jump between sections and um, and arrange our way through. Yeah, you know, just you know, we know how things work within our church. But we get to another church, and we're like, no, this is that's not going to work. We're going to need to do a short of this. We're going to need to do that, and basically having the loop demons ready to kind of 
right. program all those changes onto. Yeah, and like That's a awesome. sturdy. It's a, yeah, it's such a win. Well, you know that there's only one in the world, and we actually built it for you. So you've got the unique Looptimus. What? No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm like, uh. No, but it's cool, though, to hear you say that, because that's, you know, we built it exactly for that, for worship leaders to be able to do that. So, well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's great as an MD role, because then you can kind of control where everything is going. Right. Yeah, it's really cool. Well, nah, dude, thanks. Brother, thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk. You're, you're awesome, man. You're, it's, uh, you're honestly just really fun to talk to, too. So hopefully we'll get to meet in person one of these days. Oh, absolutely, man. It's my and favorite thing in the world, just to hang out and chat with people. And, is, there anywhere, know, is there anywhere you'd want people to maybe check out? Do you have a website or um, stuff on iTunes or do you want to point people to? Yeah, actually, there's, well, there's a, um, just something on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. There's a, there's a project that I put out called um, The Sleep Project. By Ooh. David Andrew, and it's um, it's kind of so I did all those Hillsong lullabies that yeah. you may or may not have heard about, or the Hillsong Sila sessions, or whatever whatever we branded them as at the moment. Um, but I also did this um, piece, which was like a forty minute through composition um, that's meant to be like some some sleep, some rest, some. You know, it's kind of my trying to put some rest out into the into this chaotic world. Hmm. Um, so I've got a you know project out there called the Sleep Project, um, which you can check out on Spotify, um, which I really like. I don't know. I don't know if anyone else does, but I you know I really believe in this thing just as a yeah. the gift that we have as musicians. You know, David doing what he did and being able to calm the the tormenting spirits of Saul. That's kind of what I've you know wanted to do with this project. Um, so if you want to check that out, I mean that's the wow. most legit thing that I've got out there, I guess. I love it. And, uh, I'm going to check that yeah. out. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I think so. Well, you guys, Loop Community, check out that project on Spotify, iTunes. Um, also, check out Hillsong. If you haven't heard of Hillsong, then maybe <laughs> you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. You need to close it right now <laughs> and find Hillsong. I'm sure everybody's heard of Hillsong. But, um, man, thanks so much. And thanks for what you're doing just for the church and making a huge impact. And I know you're also helping a ton of people on, like, Facebook forums, I'm sure in other places, but I, I've seen you so active in just helping, you know, local church musicians with, with their stuff uh, via via the internet and Facebook. And so thanks for your ministry in that. Uh, yeah, man. No, no, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. All right, brother. Well, I'll, I'll let you get, get back to your day and... Get some coffee. Yeah, get some coffee. Thanks for talking. <laughs> My pleasure. Yep. Have a good one. See ya. The email lines are open for the mailbag segment of our podcast. Yes. If you have a question about anything, life, worship, music, just shoot us an email to podcast at loopcommunity.com. Our first question comes in from Fayette from Gainesville, Florida. Fayette? Fayette? Fayette. I guess. Maybe Fayette from Gainesville, Florida asks, what are the differences between the Ableton Live and Prime? Oh, I love this question. That's a good question. <laughs> I guess I'll take it. Okay. Uh, Ableton Live is, they both are really great pieces of software to use in live performance to run tracks. Ableton Live is a little bit more advanced. Ableton was created for musicians who are recording their own music, 
for DJs. You can do basically everything in Ableton Live. If you can think of it, you probably can have Ableton Live do that. Have it trigger your lighting and trigger your lyrics and you can do a lot of custom editing and recording and making your own tracks. The reason we invented Prime was because Ableton has a learning curve to it. It can be, since it's more advanced, it can take longer to learn how to use it. And so we thought, you know what? Let's make a very easy version of Ableton. We'll give you all, we'll, we'll make an app where it gives you all the features you need to run tracks in worship without all of the extra bells and whistles. So really it's, it's just like a, it gives you what you need to run tracks. And that's what Prime is for. So I would say that the differences are, they're both great for running tracks. But if you're going to be getting way advanced in like recording your own stuff, then you're going to want to use Ableton. But if you're just running tracks and you need to customize arrangements and change key and tempo and stuff, Prime is all you'll need. Right. Both are really great. One's free and the other one costs. That's a know, big difference. A big difference. That's a pretty big thing. And, oh, if and, you, and the platform is different. Yeah. And if you maybe you have an iPhone or an iPad, but you don't have like a computer for say, like you do, you just have like a mobile device that Prime would be a great option too. So, Right. Question from Roger in Columbus. He says, The leadership of our church have recently requested that every time I lead worship, I need to wear a collared shirt <laughs> with jeans yeah. or other pants. That was I'm me. not sure what that means. <laughs> Do any of you have a dress code or requirements for what to wear when you lead worship? Whoa. I mean, That's an I, interesting one. I lead in a tuxedo every single weekend. Right. And so. it always looks very classy. Right. I know that when I first started leading worship at a church in Chicago, when I first started going there, they actually were like, you need to wear khaki pants or dress pants and a smart shirt or a collared shirt. And I'm What's honestly, a, I didn't even know what a smart shirt was. Smart I was like, shirt. I emailed them. And I'm like, what is a smart shirt? <laughs> um, I'm not smart enough to know what a smart shirt is. <laughs> that sounds like a really cool piece of technology that I don't own yet. I know. It basically meant, I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it basically means a shirt with a collar on it. And okay. I remember being like, what in the world? Because I didn't even own khaki pants and I didn't even own a collared shirt. I mean, I was so used to just wearing, you know. Your flowered Hawaiian shirt. My flower Hawaiian <laughs> shirt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just, jean, just jeans and a t-shirt. Now it's funny because since then that church has completely loosened up and there's guys wearing hats on stage and V-necks. I remember one time I actually got in trouble for wearing a V-neck leading worship there. Um, but you know, now since then it's totally different. People are super cool and totally fine with that. No one's getting in trouble for V-necks. You're right. What about you, Jansen? What was your background with that? Uh, I actually grew up pretty conservative. So I was, um, not in a tuxedo, you know, not James Bond worship, but I was, you know, wearing a suit, you know, for different types of things. I, I come from, a, you know, a pretty conservative background where it's like more orchestra and choir driven. So it's like very, you know, in, this, in the deep South, it's like just how things kind of are. But, you know, I think the, the rule of the thumb is, um, you know, whatever church you're at, you need to work together with your ministry team. It's so like if they have this set of standards for your team and this is how you guys present yourself, then you need to go along with that. And if, you know, you're looking for a, a specific position as a worship leader or something, you know, and you're looking for churches to apply to, you might want to look into that and see it. Does their, you know, is their fundamentals and beliefs about what they do and what they, how they dress and stuff. Is that kind of, you know, match yeah. what you're looking for? 
Yeah, I definitely don't think it's worth pushing back and fighting on that one. You kind of want to respect your environment, respect right. the culture. Yeah. You know, kind of just like when you, you know, you go to a funeral and everyone knows proper attire for a funeral or proper attire for a wedding. Yeah. I do think that just certain cultures, maybe different parts of the United States or different church denominations or, you know, they're used to a certain thing. And I think it's not worth, you know, when I go, when I'm a guest worship leader somewhere, you know, I, I'm, I'm totally fine with just wearing a, a t-shirt, but I want to also respect, you know, the people that I'm leading and the place that invited me to come lead. Right. And so it's just, it's one of those battles that I think is not worth fighting. Yeah. I mean, always err on the side of being more conservative in your dress. Like there's always a, a time and a place where you can wear holy jeans or shorts and t-shirts and stuff. Yeah. Nothing's wrong with that. But, you know, in certain environments, you may just want to respect if you're not, if you're not certain. Right. Yeah. Love it. What is the best interface to use with Prime in order to utilize multiple outputs? That's a great question. Um, so we actually have had some different, we've had a lot of testing actually since we've come out with multiple outputs on Prime. And there has been a lot of buzz about this on forums and Facebook, you know, just different types of things talking about what works and what doesn't. So I'll just run through a couple of really great ones. Uh, one that we've used for a, a while now is um, comes from a company called iConnectivity. And the specific interface is called the iConnect Audio 4 Plus. It's a mouthful. And basically all it is is like a four input and a six output interface. And what's great about this one is that it has a host uh, peripheral port. So you can actually, if you own like a keyboard or a Looptimus pedal, you can plug this thing right in. It'll power the pedal. It'll also accept the MIDI from that yeah. controller. And it also has MIDI in, MIDI out, five pin MIDI in, five pin MIDI and out. And it powers your iPad. Right. So, and you can, you can actually plug in your iPad and a computer as well. So there's a lot to really do here. It's touch screen on the front. So, um, and that's kind of one that's very popular to use. Um, I know that uh, some other ones are the Personas has an audio box uh, and that's, I think, two in and four outputs. Uh, and the biggest thing with these is, you know, you want to go with a brand that you like, but the biggest uh, element is whether or not it's iOS compatible. If it's not OIS compatible, then you're going to have problems. So you need to contact the um, manufacturer to see, you know, look on the website, see if it's iOS compatible. If so, go ahead. That's good. Yeah. Those are all good options. Our last mailbag question. Did last you hear what one. I just said? Mailbag? Mailbag. That was a little Southern accent. <laughs> Our last mailbag <laughs> question is from Will in Kansas City. He emailed us and asked, the larger churches in our area are paying their musicians to play on Sunday morning. My volunteers have started asking me about it, but our church can't afford it. What should I do? Oh, man. I, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and take the bait on this one. Um, so I have played and led at a lot of churches in the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years. And the, I think more and more churches find themselves in, in this position where, you know, we have to have a building that we're working on. We have to have, you know, all these instrumentalists. We have to have uh, technology. And the budget just gets larger and larger for these things, right? So right. Um, it's one of these things where, in my experience, there's there are less churches, there are fewer churches than most that are actually paying their volunteers. Right. Right. So it's not for churches to just pay volunteers that 
come in and just help out as a as with the band and stuff. They're not normally making money doing this. Mm-hmm. And if they are, it's a very small amount. Right. I think there are some churches, especially the bigger ones, that will, you know, provide yeah. you know, whatever funds for the volunteers that they can, but it's not a normal uh, or regular thing for a lot of churches, yeah. especially smaller ones that are on tighter budgets. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, okay. So I think it's a very, it's such a sad question to me <laughs> because I do see that the, it's a, it is a problem. I think uh, I've heard of, I think I've actually even been in the shoes of this guy where maybe, you know, you're at a smaller church plant. You don't have any money. I mean, <laughs> you definitely, you're barely even getting paid. Yeah. If, if you are getting paid at all. Right. And, uh, and then the big church down the road who has tons of money, the mega church, uh, starts, you know, picking off your musicians and saying, Hey, why are you playing at that church where they're paying you nothing? Why don't you come play at our church? We'll pay you, you know, $200 every Sunday. And what's really sad about that is that I think that mentality grows musicians, um, to view playing worship music as just a job. Yeah. And they're not connecting into a church community. Right. So you're actually pulling people out of a smaller church, which let's just say that you're basically pulling them out of their church community, like their their friends, their family, whoever's there at the church. And now they're just going to this other church to to play, to get paid. And they're just clocking in, clocking out, but they have no investment in that church other than their paycheck that they're getting to play. Right. And I think that I really feel for this guy because I think that is a really rough position to be in where maybe you're losing musicians because the church down the road is picking them off. That's not what this whole thing is about. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? We're not here to like make a buck. You know, we're here to help connect people with the heart of Jesus and that's what we want to do. Right. You know? And so, you know, if you find yourself in that ground, don't be offended by that. You know, don't be offended by people leaving or wanting to go make money or something right. at this church or whatever. Don't like take offense to that, but use it as an opportunity to kind of build into more people who, because where that guy may want to, you know, you may have a guitar player or a keyboard player that goes, to, leaves your ministry to go play somewhere else. There's another person ready to not make anything and step up. Exactly. And that's a perfect opportunity for you to train and teach them and yep. give them opportunity to serve. And usually those people are way more have a way more open heart and they're willing to serve. And so I think also there's different forms of currency. It doesn't have to just be money. So for this guy who's asking this question, you know, he's, his guys are maybe threatening to leave because they're getting paid down the street. I think, uh, you know, before that even situation arises, I think he can, you know, maybe he can't pay them money to play, but he can pay them in relationship. And, you know, there's different forms of currency. There's time and relationship and, I think, you know, really just loving your volunteers well. Yeah. You know, people will be loyal. <laughs> and even a even a two hundred dollar paycheck at the church down the street isn't gonna maybe pull them from your church. Right. Every once in a while, you know, you can get them like a Lou Malnati's deep dish pizza. Yeah, right. Yeah. I would take that. It's <laughs> a good question. Hey, do you guys have any questions at all? Send them in to podcast at loopcommunity.com. This is community talk. Man, he's so funny, isn't he? Oh, he's great. He, uh, I love his, just his sense of life and how he doesn't take things too seriously. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Sometimes I think there are are musicians uh, that I know of that they get so kind of involved in what they're doing that they don't just, they forget how to enjoy the moment, enjoy life and, you know, enjoy what they get to do. 
Yeah. Uh, and that reflects, I think a lot in their music too. So, um, what are some things that like stuck out to you as far as what he was talking about? Yeah. One of the big things is I came from a small church growing up. So to hear all that goes into like a Hillsong size service, um, with the music producer, creative producers, that was really interesting to learn about. Um, and something that I haven't really experienced in my time at church, but it's just a different culture with a huge church like Hillsong. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I've been a part of several different churches. And when you have a church of that size or even churches like with multiple campuses and different types of services, and uh, there's a lot more roles that open up Mm -hmm. and it can be intimidating on who's doing what and how that even is supposed to look. Uh, And so for him to have a little bit of knowledge on both sides of the spectrum is really good. I also thought that um, just the the culture of who he is and what he has to do from Hillsong. I think, you know, most of us would be safe to say that, like, when you talk about Hillsong, Hillsong is, like, a very um, widely known, probably the most popular of all Christian music. Right. Uh, and they carry this, like, gold member status, you know, where it's, like, if something comes from them, or if they create a new project, it's like one of the first things that people want to hear. They want to see like, oh, what's new on this album? What's going on? And there's a lot of hype with that. Mm-hmm. And and as a result, those people that are a part of that group, I feel like someone like David Andrew has a lot of like weight on him to like always be producing the next big thing. Yeah, he talked about how it can be daunting at times uh, just to work for Hillsong. He said as soon as they release an album, people ask when the next one's coming out. And like there's no break. Um, oh, man. just to produce the next best song. But he said he trusts God a lot with that and said when there's a good song, it'll rise. And that was really cool to hear. Yeah, he did. He, that, that was a really interesting point. Just talking about like, he doesn't focus on making a hit. He focuses right. on like, let us let me be a creative musician. And I, I'm confident in what the Lord has given me. And I'm confident in what I've, uh, you know, worked at and practice that to become and I'm just going to let that kind of shine through and the Lord's just going to use it however he wants and so I think that that uh, is really great I I love just how he mentioned you know I'm not going to focus on this genre of music like I'm not just a worship artist you know what I mean like I'm a musician I'm a creative and you know that you see that reflected also it's not just that he serves with Hillsong but he has like that other band that he's yeah, with. Yeah, the wedding gigs. Yeah, and... yeah. So he does these different things where he's allowed to have even more creativity and just kind of let that shine through what he does. Um, so, I mean, what else? Is there anything else that you thought that was pretty interesting stood out? I loved hearing him hearing him talk about how Looptimus is a lifesaver. That was pretty awesome. Um, and how he's getting into tracks a little bit and realizes that um, we're going towards tracks in a lot of ways and towards Ableton. So he decided to break out of his comfort zone and do that, even though he feels late to the party. Right. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. Like to hear that from someone who's with Hillsong is lets you know that there's a lot of people out there in a lot of churches who have zero clue about this whole world of tracks yeah, for and sure. hardware and software and how to even start using that stuff. I mean, I didn't, I remember getting involved with Ableton Live and some of these other music software programs. And I've only been using them for maybe three years tops. Mm -hmm. And there's still so much to learn. Uh, So I feel like, you know, don't be afraid of, you know, the the mountain that it looks like it is. Because a lot of times you just go into it and you find YouTube training videos or resources like us from Loop Community or something like that. It'll teach you a lot. Uh, And you can really progress fast if you're really hungry and passionate to want to learn those things. 
Uh, and that's what I respected about him, too, is that he said, you know, he kind of felt late to the game, like you said. Right. But he didn't just, like, say, well, oh, well, I can't do this. Like, he said, no, I'm going to learn this. Like, I may be behind, but I got to learn this in, in order to go take my stuff to the next level and be that kind of person that I want to be. Yeah, that was great. Cool. So um, David Andrew is such a great guy, like we were saying. And uh, if you have a chance, guys, I know a lot of the times we don't really mention this, but these artists need prayer all the time. They're on the road a lot. They have so many things that they're juggling. And so if you can just think about it, uh, some of the artists that we have been interviewing and some of the people that are in the music industry, just pray for them, you know, and, and uh, just pray for their lives and all the normal things that we don't get to see because they are these artists and big industry people. Um, but they need uh, the Lord's help and direction, just like the rest of us. And so I know that he would love that. And uh, be sure to just support them. I know that a lot of you guys listen to Hillsong. You play Hillsong in your churches. And just think about uh, maybe that keys part or something is something that <laughs> David Andrew even came up with. You never yeah. know. It's it's likely. So um, we love what he's doing with Hillsong. We love Hillsong's music. And we're just fully supportive of what they're doing. And all, always we love to hear that artists are using the Luptimus and using the oh, yeah. community as a resource. So, uh, guys, that's it for this episode uh, with David Andrew. And we hope that you guys tune in to us next time. Uh, if you have any questions, just email us at info at loopcommunity.com. And we'll see you for the next uh, podcast episode. If you like this, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. That way you can kind of keep these rolling as they come out. And again, my name is Jansen. And this is Derek. And we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for listening to the Loop Community Podcast. You still haven't subscribed yet? Go ahead and click that button.